You're listening to the Agony Column News Report, trashotroncom agony. In her first novel, A Discovery of Witches, historian Deborah Harkness used her knowledge to create a realistic backstory for her secret supernatural world. The sequel, Shadow of Night, begins as her protagonist, Diana Bishop, who is a witch as well as a historian, time walks herself and Matthew Claremont, her 1,500-year-old vampire lover, back into 16th century Oxfordshire. We arrived in an undignified heap of witch and vampire. Matthew was underneath me, his long limbs bent into an uncharacteristically awkward position. A large book was squashed between us, and the force of our landing sent the small silver figurine clutched in my hand, sailing across the floor. Are we in the right place? In Shadow of Night, Diana Bishop is confident she'll understand the niceties of daily life in the period she's studied, a mistake which reflects a discovery on the part of the writer. I have to say that part of her frustration was really a kind of mirror of my own frustration when I was starting the process of writing Shadow of Night and kept coming up with things I didn't know. I, what is the relative velocity of a horse at a trot and a canter in November in 1590 on this stretch of road? Nobody taught me that in graduate school. So there were all kinds of little gritty details of life that I needed to look up, do research, whatever. And there were some moments when I just wanted to tear my hair out. And I thought, This is really hard to live in 1590. When Harkness introduces Christopher Marlowe and Sir Walter Raleigh as members of a secret society, it seems like alternate history. But this isn't the case. The School of Night is a real group of men. We've noticed in the history books that they were often in each other's company. There's a lot of actual debate in the historical community about whether or not the School of Night is a good name for them. It's based on a line from Shakespeare. It included poets, playwrights. They were proponents of the new science. They were known for having very dangerous positions at court. They were ambitious men. They were young men. They were very powerful men. One member of the School of Night was not so well known, and he proved to be essential to Harkness. Matthew Royden was always sort of one of those hanging chads of my master's thesis. He's one of those figures that I, I kept running into but couldn't find out much about. And when I was thinking about, for Discovery of Witches, where do all these creatures hang out and why don't we see them and how do we not pay any attention to them? I kept being reminded of that Matthew Royden guy from my master's thesis and I think he'd be a vampire. I thought he'd be a vampire. So actually Matthew Claremont's character was shaped by what I knew about Matthew Royden and I the things I knew and suspected about Matthew Royden I brought into the 21st century. In Shadow of Night we meet Christopher Marlowe but he's not as much fun as his writing. He was a genius, and like many geniuses, he would not have been a nice guy to hang around with. He would have had a lot of sharp edges, been very prickly. I don't think any of these people would have been nice by our definition of nice. You know, the 16th century was a competitive cutthroat world. This characterization points to why historical fiction is so enjoyable. We all think we'd love to go back to the court of Elizabeth I. A modern person would last about 12 minutes because we just don't have in the same way the survival skills that they needed to make it in that world. In Shadow of Night by Deborah Harkness, we can enjoy the past as a reading experience and sidestep the unpleasant reality of the living experience. With time to read, I'm Rick Kleffel. Find out more at agonycolumn.com.
You're listening to the Agony Column News Report, trashotron.com slash agony.